Hey friends, this is Ro from the Scarif Podcast, and you're about to enjoy another wonderful Galaxy of Queers episode. If you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed and follow. As we say on our show, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Mandalorian show. Yeah, nine. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us tonight. We are continuing our 80s month with Willow. But first things first, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host tonight, Ro from Scare Podcast. How are you doing, Ro? What's happening, Amanda? Yeah, I just saw you. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just finished uh, our uh, Sunday's show uh, for mm-hmm. Scare of Scuttlebutt. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, the book of Boba Fett. But, um, yes, if I you just, guys want to uh, check that out, please check it out. Please check it out. We had uh, It was a saucy discussion, yes. wasn't it? Yes. It was. It was a good discussion. It was. So... Uh, that's it for this week pretty much it's just been kind of just the grind to go so but tonight we're going to talk about willow and i'm going to shock you ro this was the first time i've ever seen the movie really that is shocking i i have somehow missed it my whole life wow and i don't know how uh, i did it (laughs) yeah i don't know how you did it either because um, I remember the commercials for Willow, like mm-hmm. it would be shown during like on, on the Disney Channel when I was a kid. And I remember the commercials, like I remember the little fairy coming right up to his nose, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd never seen it before wow. until just last night I watched it for the first time. Did you just watch it once? Yes, just once. Very nice. Cool. But yeah, this was my first time ever viewing it. Well, I'm excited so. <laughs> to sit here and talk to you about it. It's one of uh, <laughs> one of my favorite George Lucas centric uh, stories and movies. Yeah, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, I am too. Like, like I said, I don't know how this movie has flown under the radar for me all these years, but I'm really I fell in love with it immediately. Like, mm-hmm. you could tell that this was definitely a Lucas story. Absolutely. And we got people joining in the chat. We, of course, got our moderator, Lunar Girl. We've got Andrew with the Science Fictionary. We got the Escape Pod with Dawn. How you guys doing? Thanks for joining us tonight. So, Ro, first things first with Willow. Did you see this in the theater back in the day? Um, you know what? I'm not sure. I think I might have. Uh-huh. Um... Let's see. Because this what... film came out in yeah. 1988. I might have seen it in the theater. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this came out, to make all of you feel old, this came out the year before I was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, I was, um, it's, I, it is weird. It's like I was alive, like, doing stuff when you were not even, you didn't even exist. <laughs> I was probably cooking in the oven. At this <laughs> there time. you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was um, Ron Howard directed it. 
And we know the Ron Howard, uh, George Lucas connection, of course, going all the way back to American Graffiti. So I thought that was kind of a cool connection again. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, what's interesting, though, is from the research I was doing, George Lucas originally conceived this idea all the way back in 1972. Wow. So this was before, you know, he even made Star Wars. This idea popped up in his head. So I find it interesting that he waited all that time until finally making it in 1988. So Yeah. And, you know, with uh, with George Lucas, it's interesting, too, because, you know, I remember reading interviews or hearing interviews that uh, said that he wanted to make more Star Wars after Return of the Jedi, but mm-hmm. the technology had not caught up to mm-hmm. some of his ideas. And I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty yeah. amazing. So it, it, you know, kind of makes sense. It does. And, uh, so yeah, so George Lucas came up with this idea and then Ron Howard was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's make this movie. And what I like about Willow that I think is really different is our hero. Our hero, you know, is Warwick Davis, you know, who right. is a dwarf. You know, and I just think that is the most unique thing about this film. It's this little hero that nobody would expect to be a hero and is actually the one who comes and saves the day. And I think that aspect of these mm-hmm. stories, and I will include Star Wars in it because, mm-hmm. you know, Luke Skywalker yeah. was this lonely farm boy who didn't expect yeah. to to be who he turned out to be, mm-hmm. is... Uh, it, it it runs a thread. You got some you got some fighting in the background there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Real quick. Oh my god. Probably getting all worked up about a cat outside. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But I was Sorry saying, you know, that that, yeah. that aspect of um of the hero's journey, the 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 type of hero is is always mm-hmm. interesting. It's uh you know it's kind of like an underdog story, and like yeah. I said, I I would clump you know Star Wars into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow and and Luke have uh, something in common where they are kind of un unbeknownst to them, they they become heroes uh, for mm-hmm. one reason or another. Um, and they both through, have kind journey. of like a hidden talent as well, you know. Sure. Yeah, like Willow has the potential to be a sorcerer, you know, mm-hmm. and Luke, of course, has the potential to be the Jedi. Exactly, and I think those are the stories that you know really uh, make for good um, fairy tales. Uh, we mm-hmm. all, you know, as we talk about it in the Star Wars world, it's uh, mm-hmm. something that uh, gives us hope, and yeah. um, you know, something that uh, we tend to kind of relate to as far as you know. Um, being something greater than yourself yeah exactly exactly and uh some interesting things too about what i was reading last night was that the um visual effects were all done by industrial light and magic and at the time it was quite revolutionary especially the scene where he you know you see Ravel changing into all these different forms that was like really advanced for the time that was the first time that they utilized the morphing technology. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, usually a scene like that, a sequence like that, they would, uh, you know, maybe do a puppet and then they would mm-hmm. cut cut back to an actor like looking and then they would go yeah. to the next stage. So mm-hmm. it looks like there's a progression. But 
yeah, this time around they didn't cut to anything. They 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 completed that whole sequence in one shot. It was you know the the move the uh, the the morphing from one image to the other, mm-hmm. the one being I guess one animal to another. Yeah. and that was uh, yeah that was pretty groundbreaking back in the day. Yeah, it was. It was really groundbreaking. Um, so I I have to ask you since you're the cinematographer guy, what was your thoughts of the cinematography of Willow? Um, and I forgot where they shot this movie um, in, in and around in New Zealand, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, 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 I think it's beautiful. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, when it uh, comes to a land, uh, from far away, um, I think it captured that essence mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think it's great. I think it's uh-huh. uh, lovely. I think so too. I uh, I really like the um, aesthetic too of it. Like each area kind of like had a special aesthetic, which is really important in fantasy, in my opinion. Mm. Like where works people are from, you know, you had like that kind of like woodland kind of like you know plains and like farmland mm-hmm. and you know like that. And then when you get to the parts of man, that's where you kind of get the darker tones, which mm-hmm. fits with man, you know. And absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, it definitely helps tell the story. You know, the, this is a, a perfect example of when um, the environment also becomes a character in and of, of, mm-hmm. of itself. It helps yeah. tell you, you know, is the land of, uh, you know, where Willow lives, uh, very organic, very, mm-hmm. you know, um, natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The people plow the lands, they farm, and they're very, you know, uh, organic and um, nature-based, uh, and you're right. Uh, it, it just uh, it helps tell the story. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's go right into the story of Willow. Um, you know, the the main plot is this baby who is born, and the queen there is wanting to kill all the babies, which oh, no. uh, I thought was really interesting because to me it's very much a biblical callback. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. you know. From, you know, putting Moses in the little basket and putting him in the yeah. river mm-hmm. to, you know, the whole, uh, you know, obviously the, the chosen uh, the chosen one aspect, mm-hmm. but uh, very biblical. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I love about George Lucas is that he takes, um, you know, elements and mm-hmm. story story sections from from history and from from our religious lore. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it makes it it makes it more interesting but it also grounds it in in the reality that we know in order mm-hmm. for us to relate to uh to the story exactly like we know of those biblical stories so well and then like seeing these interconnections are kind of they fit a narrative that we understand like the killing of the babies that's right out of you know the new testament with king herod slaughtering the babies you know mm-hmm. And like you said, the little baby in the basket down the river, that's Moses, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's a really interesting narrative choice to go with. And it helps us as the audience kind of connect to it more. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a uh, literary, uh, not a trope, but there's a literary saying that there's there's only seven stories in the entire uh, Yeah, seven what? stories in the entire world. Yep. Yeah, and then there, you know, it's always a combination of of the seven, and mm-hmm. um, but again, you know, I, I think uh, George Lucas really, uh, especially in this case, he really tapped something into the uh, the mythology of of a lot of uh, 
uh, stories that we are familiar with, you know, making it a fan favorite. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And um, so uh, what do you think of the storyline of the baby? You know, this chosen baby. Like when I was watching it for the first time, you know, last night, I thought we were going to see the baby grow up and become an adult. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting the baby to be a baby throughout the whole movie. Sure. Yeah, and so I think that you know, was a different narrative choice, I thought, because right. instantly I expected, you know, her to be with Willow and he was going to raise her. And then we were going to pick up the story when she's grown a bit. But they didn't do that, which I thought was really interesting. And I think it was uh, it was done really to to help portray the story of Willow and the progress that he was making as mm -hmm. as he discovered himself. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been jarring if the baby was, you know, if we cut to a scene where he's like, you know, a teenager or an adult, mm -hmm. because you want to see that growth um, for Willow. You want to be able to see, you know, to, to go on the mm -hmm. journey with him. So, yeah, I think um, I think that was the right choice. Yeah, I think so, too. It was just not what I was expecting. Cause, yeah. You know, typically when you see a scene with a baby, you typically think, oh, OK, we're going to watch the child grow. Mm -hmm. But this time, the baby stays a baby the whole time. And I think it fits the narrative, really. And as Willow being the caregiver to this child. Right. And it's part, again, and it's part of uh, Willow's growth process as well, mm -hmm. to be able to nurture, to be able to care for this baby. And then, you know, care for himself, too, because he's trying to become this powerful sorcerer. Um, mm -hmm. And at the same tr time, you know, giving himself to this baby. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I like, too, with the beginning of Willow is he's basically the village reject. Like, mm. nobody respects him, you know. Like, we see the leader of the village. At, right. Yeah, he's laughed at. Everybody pokes fun at him, you know. And when he's one of the ones chosen to possibly be the apprentice of the sorcerer, they go, why did they pick him, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, we see that he's clearly an outcast among his own people. Again, you know the story of the mm -hmm. underdog, so it it, uh, it fits uh, fits fairly well. You know, there's a there's a really great lesson in the early scene where he is trying to impress um, Billy Bart Billy Barty's character, the the head wizard there. Yeah. When mm -hmm. when he's asked to pick out the finger that is the most powerful one, and he picks he picks the wrong finger. Yeah, he does. And he really has to think about it. Um, it's a really great lesson when he realizes that I should have picked my own finger because I am going to be the, the most powerful. I am well, the going to be the what's one. What's really yeah. interesting, too, is he almost does that, but he second gets himself. Right. And that's right. when he picks. And, you know, and that's when the wizard tells him, always go with your first instinct, you know? Because absolutely. He would right. I think, you know. Um, I find that uh, very useful because I think you know, growing up when when I was in college, I had an interview with a with a, a company that wanted to hire me, and the guy asked me a question about one of my video shots, and I second guessed myself because I I gave the answer that I thought that he wanted to hear, mm -hmm. and and not the the answer that I felt was correct based okay. on what he asked. And, you know, it's, it was a hard lesson for me because mm -hmm. it, I knew that that answer cost me a second interview. It cost me, um, you know, I felt that, uh, you know, the, the, um, I just felt odds giving that answer. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I realized that, you know, second guessing is, is, uh, 
It's kind of a dangerous thing. I learned. I learned yeah, a, I, mean, I, I, le- I learned that lesson um, equally dangerous many years mm-hmm. later. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, since then, you know, I uh, I try to never second guess myself. Exactly. And it's try like, to connect you know, myself to to I guess to the larger mm-hmm. galaxy of of whatever yeah. you want to call it, the aura of the galaxy, mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. you know the mind of of the force, however you mm-hmm. want to describe it, but you know. Second guessing myself, I learned two valuable lessons, and um, it's one of the reasons I I just kind of usually go with my my gut instinct and just do it. Yeah, it's like you know taking a test, for example. They always tell you follow, you know, like I've had that in many tests where I haven't followed my first instincts, and you get the answer wrong, you know, because your first instinct was actually the correct answer, you know. And so, I think that's something we can all learn from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, real fast, because you are a Star Trek fan as well. My second, mm-hmm. uh, the, the second lesson that I that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I went to a Star Trek convention. I, ha- I was editing um, Star Trek music videos for con- for um, conventions, mm-hmm. and um, my first one, I I met uh, the writer of one of my favorite um, Next Generation episodes. Uh, Ah, what was his name? But it was uh, the writer for yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, Eric Stillwell. Yeah. So I met him. We were hanging out backstage here in Chicago. And um, I said, hey, I, I have a music video that I'd like to play here. Uh, and it was playing at the Rosemont Horizon at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they popped it in the machine. The guy, you know, he, he's Eric says, you know, I'm going to trust you that it's nothing bad. Um, I popped it in. You know, everybody was using the song Information Society um, because mm-hmm. it had like a lot of Star Trekky like yeah. Spock, Spock's uh, voices in that. So I put that video together and everybody loved it. I actually got a standing ovation, which was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, first time, you know, first time ever. And um, he gave me he gave me a, a some instruction and he gave me the uh, the mailing address and information to the line producer for Star Trek: The Next Generation. He told me you need to call him because um, I think you can probably edit for the show. So I put my stuff together. I have I, I put an envelope um, and my and my resume and, and everything yeah. and and I, I was getting ready to mail it. I second guessed myself. And said, "There's no way I'm. I can't be good enough to edit for Star Trek or for for life." And oh. I was like, "I was like right out of college. Mm-hmm. I never, I never mailed that uh, resume." And oh. that was the second lesson that I um, yeah. took upon myself as far as second guessing. And mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, I could be editing Star Trek now instead of uh, podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ready. that's a hard lesson, you man. Be, you could be sitting hard there editing. Star Trek Discovery right now, Star Trek right. Picard, you know. Oh, that is a hard lesson. Yeah. You probably kick yourself every day. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, those kind of lessons, uh, you mm-hmm. know, should I have turned left instead of turning right? Exactly. But it's the should have, could have, would It's just, it's how you grow. It's how you yeah. grow and how you examine those choices that you make. Exactly. Uh, and, hopefully to make better choices. And we see Willow grow from, absolutely, you know, his and I choice, think that's, you know. I, I definitely think that that's a, a core um, concept in Willow is mm-hmm. to, you know, trust yourself and um, and see mm-hmm. how that growth uh, encompasses you and in, into changing into someone better. Yeah. 
That's totally exactly. Willow. Mm-hmm. And like in as the story progresses, you know, Willow is basically tasked with taking the baby back to man, you know, humankind. Mm-hmm. What's and her name? Elora Elora Dannon. Elora Dannon. Yeah. Dannon. Yeah. And uh, so he is with a bunch of others of his people to go to the border. And, and it's you know, and it's funny because you know once they get to the border, everybody's like, "We've been on this trip for so long. Just give it to anybody who give the yeah, baby just to give anybody." Give it to anybody, <laughs> yeah. And they're all like out of there, you know. They all leave. No. And because you know it wasn't right to just give the baby to anybody, you know. And Willow stays behind. And that's when we get our introduction to Val Kilmer's character, who I will probably butcher his name, but uh. Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. Yes. Uh, which, this was such a different role to see Val Kilmer in for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is so different. But I actually, I love the character. Absolutely. And I think Val Kilmer is such a versatile actor. You know, I, I watched the mm-hmm. documentary. Uh, that's I think it's on Netflix. Um, or uh, one of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad for the guy. You know, he's. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. And uh, a wonderful talent. Um, It's hard to see older movies with him knowing what he's going through. Yeah. But his but his character, you know, Mad Morgan, he's uh, another one, another character that, uh, you know, turns out to be something completely different. Yes. You know, when we first introduced uh, when we're first introduced to him, he's uh, he's in prison for some reason. Yeah, he's in prison for some reason. Left to die. Right. And he changes. And he's a bit of a sleaze ball to begin right. with, you know. Yeah. And like, for example, when they give him the baby, he loses the baby right away, mm-hmm. you know. And we see him dressed as a woman later on, you know, <laughs> trying to escape from an angry <clears throat> husband, right? You know. But we see him turn around into the true hero that he was as well, right? You know, and he I... goes from sleaze ball to you know, great warrior. There's a lot of that uh, character development and character change in Willow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll get to the rest of the characters later, but I, I you know, there, there's, you know, they all change, mm-hmm. they all evolve, and and I think that's really cool. Yeah, we see a really. That's the thing I like the most about this film is the character development. Like every single character has some type of developmental arc. The major mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. And that's something I really like because sometimes, like we already talked about with Boba, you know, sometimes they don't focus as much on character development and that, and that can hurt a story. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No. So, um, what did you think of, uh, Mad Mardigan? I think he's fantastic. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, every, every, you know, I, we talked about it on Scarif, every, uh, everyone loves a uh, swashbuckler, scoundrel you know space pirate and Mm -hmm. uh mad mardigan was uh willow's han solo i think yeah exactly and you can see that kind of connection too with george lucas kind of writing this swashbuckling scoundrel character Mm -hmm. we see it in you know with han solo like you said and now with mad mardigan and uh then of course we have um some of the antagonists so we have a uh, Sorsha, I think her name is. Sorsha, yeah. Yeah, who is the daughter of the, you know, the queen, Bad Morda. And 
half of the film, she is not a nice person. You know, no. she's out to kill the baby. She, you know? I think she's the, uh, the one character in, in all of the movie that really doesn't change, um, mm-hmm. from, well, you know, one way or the, or, or another, she, you know, she's the evil queen, uh, at the beginning and she's the evil queen at the end. Exactly. Yeah. She's the only one that doesn't change, but yeah. her daughter on the other hand has a really mm-hmm. interesting arc that I wasn't expecting either. Like I was not expecting her to basically turn on, you know, her mother. Right. And realize that, you know, killing, you know, this baby is not the right thing to do at all. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, she's like, I'm not doing that. And she, plus she's got this thing going on with Mad Mart again. When yeah, he's she under the starts love potion. To, right. Yeah. <laughs> she starts to fall for him. And that yeah, love yeah, potion, yeah. that scene was just hilarious. It was oh, really I funny. Know. Yeah. And she started pulling like spouting poetry yeah (laughs) right yeah and uh and yeah and you know she turns around and eventually is given the child you know at Mm -hmm. the end so and the two actors uh val kilmer and joanne whaley uh who later becomes joanne whaley kilmer um this is where they met and they were married and they have children together so I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Real uh, real so life, this true is... love. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are they still married? No. No, no. okay. But they, you know, obviously they have children, but they're, they, uh, mm-hmm. they are separated. Okay. Um, but according to the documentary, they are, you know, they remain friends, obviously, because they have uh, children together mm-hmm. and the stuff that he's uh, going through. But, yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I did not know that. That's kind of a cool little trivia there. They yeah. they really did fall in love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of the the world that I really like is I like the um the brownies. You know the little oh, guys. Oh my god! Yeah. <clears throat> they are they are probably my favorite. They're hilarious. Part of the whole yeah. Thing because you know they're these little guys and they get into all this little trouble. Mm-hmm. Like you know the falling into the the beer. Right. You know, and then not knowing where he's going because he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, they're, uh, they're great. I really enjoyed them. So. And the actors are what uh, Kevin Pollock and I can't remember the other guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, they are uh, they're great. Um, I like you know the the little in-universe derogatory terms that they use for yes for the uh, for Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, they call it they call him uh, Pex. Pecs. So yep. yeah, really great, great stuff. Yeah, I like the uh, the language they kind of made up. They made all these mm. different terms for people, and like you know, like he's called a peck. So you got the idea that's what his people are called all the time. <laughs> yeah, by mankind and the brownies, and uh, um, and then we have of course uh, the sorceress lady who keeps turning into different animals. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Willow, you know, um, right. Razel, who is a, that's an interesting character. I never yeah. thought we were going to see her human as I was watching it, but we did. Yeah. So. <laughs> She's like the, uh, like if you equate, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, she's, uh, what's the character's name in Lord of the Rings with the white hair? Mm-hmm. Gandalf? Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and we see her finally take on the evil queen, but mm-hmm. uh, even she can't defeat the evil queen. Right. And Willow plays a nice little, you know, bait I thought that switch. scene was brilliant. Yeah, the yeah. bait and switch where he yeah. does the magic trick. 
you know, the disappearing pig that we saw him do at the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. And he makes it seem like he's used magic and taken this baby to a portal and made her disappear mm. or something. And right. You know, defeats the the evil queen by it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just a bait and switch and he had the baby the whole time. <laughs> so <laughs> <clears throat> And then we see him, you know, go back to his home village and But I like when he goes back because he's given such a hero's welcome and respect. Right. Now that he's back, like yeah. When he left, he was an outcast. <clears throat> and then when he comes back, he has all this respect and admiration toward him. And his friends welcome him, his family. He's got a wife, and, and the kids are adorable. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The kids are adorable. Like, yeah. I really think they're cute. Um, anything you want to add? Uh, just some more, I guess, little Easter eggs. General Kale the uh -huh. uh, the enforcer of the queen yeah he he has been in a lot of uh george lucas and, and steven spielberg uh movies okay. um he was the big nazi in raiders of the lost ark when he fights uh indiana jones in the um Wait under a the... is he the guy that we we were talking about yeah. the clash of the titans right. oh yeah. my yeah. gosh yeah yeah, okay. so he I was there. I did not recognize him in this. <laughs> he was the. He was also the big thuggy, um, mm -hmm. um, a, a guy from uh, Temple of Doom. Uh huh. So that he fights uh, Indiana, he finds uh, fights Harrison yeah, Ford. He's in a so lot yeah, of he's George he's been Lucas. a lot of uh, George yeah, yeah. Lucas flicks. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He's got the build. He's got the 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 you know yeah. the big bigness. The bigness, yeah. That is a cool little trivia I didn't know. I did not see that comment. <laughs> I got to show that one. That one's Very a good funny. one. That was a good one. That's a good That's one. That's a good yeah. one, Don. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, Willow is uh, one of those movies that I, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. if, if it's on playing somewhere, I would just like, you know, watch it and leave it, yeah, leave yeah, it yeah. on. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, now, I've got some questions for you. There is the Willow TV series is coming out. Mm -hmm. And we have had some casting news of it. But if you were to make the Willow TV series, what would you make? Yeah, that's hard because there's so many years. Um, okay. And I just, there is a, um, like a little teaser video on the Disney Plus website yes, of Willow. I, I just that. saw it like yes few minutes before coming on mm -hmm. um it's pretty funny you know warwick mm -hmm. davis has fun with the actors um yeah. there you, you'll see some familiar faces if you head over to the disney plus app uh and and search willow yeah um Ness is going to be in it yeah aaron kellerman aaron yeah. Ke yeah so uh yeah um but i you know i i don't know where they're going to take the story i think you know obviously warwick davis is in it um, do you think we're going to see a grown Alora Doran, Dannon? Maybe. Because, like, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, one of the actors at that picnic table during the uh, the Willow uh, mm -hmm. video might be yeah. her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, because, it could be. like, I would find it weird if they did another story of Willow and she's not somewhere mentioned or, you know, seen or, you know. Right. Because we do know she's a princess and, you mm -hmm. know, is going to do great things. Right. So you would think she would pop up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere. 
somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I'll see. Uh, we'll see what they do with that story. Okay, but what would you do if you were to create it? Um, you know, I would probably since since the the original Willow is steeped so much in uh, biblical lore, mm-hmm. I would I would maybe you know continue to borrow from from the the storyline of 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 those stories find something really meaty and uh and then go from there i don't know it's uh uh-huh. i would definitely you know you know kind of continue on that thread and see what happens yeah that would be a good idea to kind of take a little thread of uh biblical or something mm-hmm. yeah. like um you know you could easily do a storyline of like kind of like a jezebel and ahab kind of thing that would be mm-hmm. kind of cool yeah or something like that right or you know some sort of dark force that comes to destroy the city you know like mm-hmm. jericho or yeah you know something or, like that you know there's some magic going on with the story of lot and his wife mm-hmm. turning into yeah. a pillar of stone so i mean there's this, yeah. there's all sorts of wonderful freaky stories in the bible that we can kind of you know yeah exactly well um there's actually one part of the storyline of the movie that never to me got resolved and it's when they get to that place i think it's called Tierra. tiramisu yeah when it's tear something (laughs) and they get there and those people are encased in like rock or like and we never really find out like what happened to them hmm like that is something that was never really resolved. Wow! You know when Willow and Mad Mardigan get there, and they they're looking around, and there's like these soldiers, but they're like encased in like rock or like something. Yeah. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. And it's never really explained. So. Yeah. Is that where they fight the uh, two-headed dragon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So another tidbit of Easter egg uh, material: the two-headed dragon. Um, represent uh, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel, the movie reviewers. George, really? Luke, yeah, George Lucas, um, uh, put them in there specifically. And if you search their names, um, they're anagrams of Siskel and Ebert. Um, oh so uh, they did that on purpose. Obviously, I think Siskel and Ebert gave American Graffiti, uh, you know, two thumbs down at the time, and mm-hmm. um. You know, George just kind of wanted to, you know, dig it in there uh, this yeah. time around. Well, you know, something I did look up with this film was Willow didn't do well critically. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it did not do well critically. It didn't really do too well at the box office either. It was kind of a bit of a flop in a way. Right. And I think it's only gotten popular in a cult classic kind of thing sure. as it was shown on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a big thing now. But um, I think that's interesting that it makes me wonder how different it would have been if Willow had gone over, if it would have been like George Lucas's fantasy Star Wars. It could have been. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, if it would have been a hit, we -hmm. probably would be talking about, you know, a Willow trilogy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad that Warwick Davis is still around. That uh, we'll be able to see him reprise the role. So we'll be able to see him reprise yeah. the role. Yeah, and I, after seeing this film, I'm really excited for this TV show or yeah. series or whatever it is going to be. I'm really excited for it because I want to see where they're going to pick up this story. Sure. 
Because yeah. we know it's going to be years later, of course, but, like, are we going to see any of the old characters? Are they going to be mentioned, you know? Right. Like, I know Val Kilmer's not in the best of health anymore, but he mm. was in the newest Top Gun. Yeah. So maybe he could come back for a small scene. Could be, yeah. Yeah, and this is uh, this is what Dawn says, which is a really good point. Willow is one of George's best movies on the merits. Yeah. I agree, yeah. And it's um not only is it one of George's best movies it's it's uh if you want to talk about being a George Lucas purist it's uh mm -hmm. one of his most pure stories mm -hmm. um you know for a film Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the one of the scenes that I really like is um just the fighting and visuals is that mm -hmm. whole scene in the snow Mm -hmm. When they're, you know, they're escaping the tents and then you have Willow and Mad Mardigan going down the sled and then we get into that little village and just the, just the intensity of the fights and like this sense of feeling that, yeah, they're trying to get away as fast as they can and just the snowy atmosphere, I think, just makes that whole area really, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. We have uh, some of that imagery in the background of our, of your... Yeah screen mm -hmm. so yeah exactly so i thought that was a really interesting s sequence and i think it was probably my favorite of the film like i love the snowy atmosphere and that kind of ruggedness like and i also kind of like that too because it's so different from what um willow's used to from his home right. you know his yeah. home is very lush and beautiful and green mm -hmm. and in these sequences it's very rugged mountainous you know right except that you <laughs> she says i notice everything i'm like oh yeah, yeah really do you yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah that scene with the snow is just so different atmosphere for willow and i think mm -hmm. that's also part of the narrative that he's in a world that he knows nothing about now Again, you know, using the environment as uh, also, you know, uh, another character, mm -hmm. I, I think it really works well. Um, I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I do, too. Um, so the uh, the showdown between the Queen and um, Raziel, that was that was really interesting. I like the effects of the magic there. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Industrial Light and Magic did really good with what they had at the time. Sure. Um, I, I think it's yeah. Go on. I like the um, you know it was you know it, it was rather brutal. Uh, mm -hmm. The the witch and the and Rizel were like tossing each other around. Um, I liked when certain magic um, you know hit a stray object like the 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 table and the bowl yeah, the and then table. the table started yeah. walking around and like it had legs. To, to attack it, yeah. you know? I thought that was really interesting. I also like the effect of the snow versus the ice. That was kind of a cool right, effect as yeah. well. Um, the tossing each other around. Yeah. And the the basically fighting over the wand. I thought mm -hmm. that was a really interesting scene. And uh, I liked how Industrial Light and Magic did the effects definitely in that sequence. Absolutely. I think it was probably... I would say it was probably some of the best effects of the time for fantasy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously, ILM always at the top of their game. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is definitely another example of that. Um, what I thought was interesting, though, is I actually thought the special effects in Willow to me 
I don't know how you feel about this, but I thought they were actually better in Willow than in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Let's see, Indiana which comes Jones out a year Crusade. later. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, like I actually thought, are they better than Boba? <laughs> <laughs> Go watch um, it and let, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Watch watch Willow, Shanti, and you can tell us what you think. But I honestly thought the special effects in Willow were better than in The Last Crusade. Cool, yeah. Like, especially, you know, like um, the scene with the cup, you know, and the guy, like, turns into the old husk. Like, mm-hmm. I thought the, the scenes in this were better than Indiana Jones. But yeah. maybe I need to rewatch it again and see. But from my memory, I just thought Industrial Lights and Magic's effects were better in Whittle. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, going back to uh, the discussion we had with uh, uh, regarding Boba Fett, you know, I think, you know, George mm-hmm. Lucas and, and, and ILM, I love all the technology and I love the fact that they're kind of toying around with how to make things better, how to make yeah. things more believable. Mm-hmm. Um it's something they've been doing right from the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. From the beginning. Yeah. Oh, no. Shanti isn't asking. She's saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> gotcha. You might be right there, Shanti. You might be right. Yeah. It's too funny. Uh, now, what I find interesting, too, is, um, you know, with uh, Industrial Light Magic working on this, I think this is... um. Is this kind of their first foray into fantasy, or had they done it before? Like fantasy, pure fantasy. Yeah. I mean, let's see. What did I mean? They did do Indiana Jones. This is nineteen eighty-eight, so this would have been in production probably eighty-seven. Right. You know, it's funny because I don't think of the special effects in anything as unique as willow or indiana jones mm-hmm. as as different genres i think the um, okay you know when you're doing effects you're doing you're doing certain shots and yeah. i don't classify like one shot to be fantasy and one shot to be science fiction i think it's all mm-hmm. it's all kind of the same thing you're you're, you're okay. kind of manipulating you're creating something that's not real mm-hmm. um but you know, you'd have to think about what other projects, what other movies ILM was working on. I think uh, the Abyss is one of them. Oh yeah, the Abyss. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, the the Abyss yeah. I think was after because uh, the Abyss was very, very much so. Um, mm-hmm. ILM was experimenting with uh, with uh, material optics. Yeah. So the Abyss had that creature with that was supposed to be water, and it had to yes. be animated. So that was CGI. So that was their first uh, run into that. Um, I'd forgot. I'd totally forgotten about the abyss. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, that was all and, the water techniques right. and everything. What was the What was the other Ron Howard movie uh, with the uh, with the elderly folks? Cocoon. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another movie that was you know. Uh-huh. It's not sci-fi or fantasy, but there was some special effects in that that ILM so, um, also take care of. Shanti and... brings up a really good point: is practical effects, and I think the practical effects in Willow are really good. I think so too. Um, um I think you know, the, the props are great. They're very mm-hmm. world-building props. 
And let's be honest, practical effects are always better. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we saw that with Star Wars, you know, the original trilogy specifically. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a way to blend the two, you know, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, I, I know um, I was speaking with Yoshi about some of the special effects that he did on The Walking Dead and some of mm-hmm. the effects that are being done on The Witcher. One of the things that I didn't realize is that, you know, the there are some fight scenes uh, in The Witcher that uh, are really that are brutally fast. And yes. I'm like, you know wow they they have to learn all this with real blades mm-hmm. um yeah but i i learned that the blades are are this long and the blades are added after the fact as a oh, safety measure so and I that's did not know that. yeah that's and that's that's one of the things that yoshi was telling me about some mm-hmm. of the special effects that he did uh when you know characters were stabbing zombies mm-hmm. that there was no knife it was just a hilt and he would have to add the uh, the actual knife after the fact. So, but you know, with what you're mentioning, though, like The Witcher, you can't even tell those right. really swords. You know, they look like real swords. So, right. like, that is a cool little mix of practical and exactly visual that right. looks perfect on screen. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know, coupled with sound effects, and you hear the the metal clanging yeah. against metal and the rocks mm-hmm. and the sound effects and the swooshes. So it all, yeah. it all, you know comes together at a point um but shanti is is perfectly uh right when when she mentions the fact that the practical with the cgi there's got to be a perfect mix in order for it to work yeah sometimes sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't um i thought that willow did a nice mix of it Mm -hmm. i really did um that's why i'm actually surprised this film didn't rate higher in the in the critics because um I thought it was visually and practical effects. I thought they were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, my only complaint with the film, I will say this, I thought the armor looked a bit cheap. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, that's me being a history nut. So, like, I sure. know, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, that was my only, I would say, pet peeve of it. I wish the armors had been a bit more realistic looking. Mm-hmm. Or kind of like, you know, like how the armors look in Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm kind of like something like that a bit sure. a bit more you know like lived in right that would probably be my only complaint about willow sure is the armor so um i'm trying to think of what else i wanted to talk to you about in my notes um talking about practical visual effects sorry i'm tired my brain's going do you have anything else to add no, um, <laughs> whoever's left in the chat, I would urge everyone to go yeah. check out Willow. It's on Disney Plus and check mm-hmm. out that little uh, teaser with Warwick Davis where he introduced the cast. It's actually really funny. It's like about uh, three minutes mm-hmm. long, but he introduces everybody that's going to be working with him um, kind of in a funny way. I think Warwick Davis has a very unique sense of humor and uh, mm-hmm. and it really shows. So um Go yeah. check it out. But yeah, go check out Willow. I think after uh after uh I'm done tonight, I'm probably gonna launch uh, my Disney app and well, uh, check out Willow. By the way, um just in case you know how last week we were talking about movies, mm-hmm. we watched the black hole again. Very nice. You know, um yeah. Shanti uh me and Kelly watched Black Hole and I hadn't seen it in years and you know 
he was better than I remember. Right? I yeah, saw it. Like- I think I saw it a few <laughs> nights before you guys because I really, I, you know, we were talking about it and I, I popped that open. And, um, I, I mean, you like, know, I enjoyed it. Wrong, some of the effects, you know, haven't aged as well as, right. say, like Star Wars. But I thought it was really, really good narratively. Like, right. I had totally forgotten the narrative of, like, this egomaniac. Right. Who, you know, basically wanted the power of God, you mm-hmm. know. And I just thought it was, you know, I'm like, I don't remember this movie being this good. <laughs> and it's and it's really dark. Yeah. You know, it's it really is. dark at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah. I actually wanted your input on the ending. Because I, after we had watched it, I looked up, you know, things about the ending. Mm-hmm. And where do you think they go at the end? What is Can- your Canto Bite. Canto Bite? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes to Canto Bite at the end. Yeah. You know, that... Um, I would probably have to say that uh, the ending is vague so mm-hmm. you can make an interpretation. You know, when you leave yeah. the theater, you always want to be still thinking about what mm-hmm. you just saw. What you saw, yeah. Um, and because, uh, like, we see hell, clearly. Right. Like, they, um, yeah. the scientist there, he's descending into hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the ending, like... I've, I have I did some research and a bunch of people have different thoughts of where they end up. And I want to know what your thought is. Like, where do you think they end up? Purgatory? Yeah. I mean, we see hell. Yeah. Um, maybe they're, you know, the in in the in-between land there. So, uh, yeah. you know, you, you see the, um, you see Maximilian at the top of the hill and, mm-hmm. you know, the flames. I mean, it's a great shot. Yes. Yeah, you know, the slow pullout. Awesome shot. Yeah. Yeah. So like um one thing one theory I saw which I don't know if you've seen this but you know when they're heading to like that planet thing there's this theory that it's the the eye of god. Mm. So I'm not sure. I, I yeah. just, or do they like make it through and they're like in a portal on another Somewhere side of else. the galaxy, you know? Yeah. Who knows. Oh my god. Uh, you know when I when I said that I knew that she'd pick up on it. Yeah. Of course, of course she's gonna pick up on it. Yeah. You should have known, but yeah. Uh, but we watched it. We enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I didn't remember it being that good. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. me want to rewatch Flight of the Navigator because I haven't seen that in years either. Cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Flight of the Navigator. Really? Yeah. Okay. I saw yeah. it once, and it was probably around the same time I saw um, Black Hole because mm. it would be rerunning these things on Disney Channel or something. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we watched uh, Black Hole and uh, thought of you the whole time. (laughs) 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 All right, so I think that's it because I think you and I are both tired. A little bit, a little bit. (laughs) It's been a rough, uh, rough uh, Red Five night. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a busy week so far yeah. for me and for you. So, yeah, so I think we are gonna call it a. We're going to do flight of the navigator. Oh, this is that's great. That's yeah. great, Don. Okay, awesome. yeah, we will definitely. I'll definitely have to rewatch that in time for your show then, because that will be perfect. My first watch. Uh, yeah. So um. So what we're doing, actually, what do you got coming up next? 
Well, as you know, you, we just dropped uh, our uh, little discussion on representation. We had three mm-hmm. episodes, the first one with Marisha, the second one with Yoshi, and the third one that we dropped this morning with you um, mm-hmm. talked about uh, representation and uh, our, our discussion with friends. This Thursday, we're dropping another Scarif episode. Uh, went down to Florida and met Saint uh, met Saint Charles met uh, at Saint Charles and Saint Pete. We met Charles and Saint Pete, and uh, we were supposed to hang out with you too, but a yes. little lo- logistical situation logistical came up. Situation, yeah, um, that would have been fun, but uh, we'll it get you next been. time. Yep. But you know, we covered the Saint the first annual Saint Petersburg Comic Con, which is was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So that episode yeah, drops the first on Thursday. One they ever had one of those. Yeah, so, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It, I'm hoping it did well and that they repeat yeah. it because it would be nice to have. Because as of right now in the Bay Area, we only have one Comic Con, mm. which is Tampa Comic Con. Right. So it would be nice to have two. You know, because Absolutely. otherwise you got to travel out to Orlando. Mm-hmm. So. And we talked to Dewey, um, uh, who was the uh, organizer. Check out uh, his interview on Thursday. And it also happens to be Charles' birthday on Thursday, so uh, double the surprise. So that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, I also wanted to say that um, doing that representation video was was really a good thing to kind of get out what, like, what is proper representation, especially for the LGBT community. and. It was great to talk about that with you and hopefully, you know, get other listeners to like basically figure out what is good representation and what isn't. So mm-hmm. I, that was that was a great privilege to be on that and talk about it more. Well, thank you very much for, uh, you know, taking the time to talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. If you ever want a, another episode of that, you know, Absolutely. feel free to hit me up. Uh, so here at Galaxy Queers, we got we got. We're still doing 80s month. We're going to be doing 80s month. Uh, this Sunday, I'm taking time off from now to Sunday to work on Labyrinth video, where we're discussing Labyrinth. Uh, this is actually Gemma's favorite, one of her favorite 80s movies. So we had nice. to pick this one. So that will be fun. And then following that, on the Tuesday after that, I am joined by Dragon Buddy to discuss... The Last Starfighter. Oh, very nice. Which is probably it's probably one of my top 80s films. Mm-hmm. It's a good so one. we have that coming up. And then, of course, we'll be ending January with The NeverEnding Story. And I will be co-hosting with Luna Girl. And I think Shanti's joining us for that one as well. So, very nice. Yep. So we will continue our eight. And that was my cat. We will continue our 80s <laughs> month. And it's been a fun month so far. Um, apologies again for everybody. I am very tired tonight. So if I'm very, if I was a bit quiet, that's why. And kind of brain dead. So. <laughs> I'm right there All with right. you, man. <clears throat> All right. All right, everybody. So this is the Amandalorian show. And this is the way. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. 
You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All Wings Report In. It's the Red 5 Network.